Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just, Just Ghouly Things. things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's a real delay today. That was that was probably the most tragic intro to Just Ghouly <laughs> Things since like the beginning of the quarantine spooky story specials. But it's okay. We're allowed to have those little mess ups. We're only human. And we're recording for 74 days straight. You can't expect everything yeah, so to go right. I think, yeah. So, yeah. If you guys have a problem with it, email us at... JustGoolyThingsPodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. So, welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 74. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, if you guys are new to the podcast, I'm Rebecca. I'm Lily. And we are going to be reading you scary encounter stories that we find online. So it is not limited to uh, aliens, cryptids, ghosts, phantoms, shadow people, you name it. We've probably talked about it on the show a million times. By now, it's going to be 740 stories worth. So, uh, wow. You guys have a lot of quarantine spooky story specials to catch on if you haven't listened to all of them. But in the meantime, continue to listen to this one because I think we have some good stories today. What do you think? I think so. All right, Lily, let's start with yours. All right. This one is called The Spookiest Thing That Has Happened to Me. So this isn't necessarily a paranormal event that has happened to me. Maybe it would have been if I hadn't been such a chicken liver. But it is by far the creepiest thing that has happened to me. It is somewhat of a cliffhanger, but I think that it is special. Um, I think it, what? I think it is the special sauce that makes it pretty spooky. (laughs) This person's writing is A1. (laughs) I know, right? Chicken liver, special (laughs) sauce. I love it. Good way to start. For context, my dad's house is on a dirt road out in the woods. The neighbors aren't too far away, maybe 200 to 300 yards, but far enough that in the summer, the trees and their foliage provide enough privacy that you cannot see their homes. There also are no street lights or exterior lights on my dad's house, so when it gets dark, you see ink black if you look out a window at night. For context about me, I'm a pretty laid-back and down-to-earth gal. I like spooky movies and whatnot, but I wouldn't say that I'm an especially superstitious person. But also, I did. I don't fiddle, fiddle around with Ouija boards or things that could usher in something unwanted. About 10 years ago, I was in college working toward my nursing degree. I would spend the summers working at a factory in my hometown. I worked second shift, so I would usually get home around 11.30 p.m. My dad would already be in bed, but would have a plate of dinner kept warm for me in the oven. Aww. So I'd grab my dinner and head to the living room and eat while watching The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. In my dad's living room, there is a bay window. A lot of you probably know what that is, but for those who don't, it is a three-paned window with one large pane in the center with a smaller diagonal pane on either side. Outside of the window, there is a two-level patio. If you stand on the higher level of the patio, you can look into one of the diagonal windows and see the living room. You cannot do this with the other two windows as steps lead down to the lower part of the patio and they are quite a bit higher off the ground one r- routine night while eating dinner and watching jay i began to feel as if i was being watched through the diagonal bay window i explained previously 
At first, I just tried to shake it off and rationalize myself. However, the feeling grew so much in intensity that the hair on the back of my neck was prickling. That is what spooked me the most. You cannot ignore that sensation. So I finally just got up, put my dishes in the sink, and went into my room and locked my door. Sure, I could have gotten a flashlight and then gone up to the window and have a look outside, but you can imagine turning a flashlight on and seeing a face looking directly back at you from only a few inches away. Me, um, I chose not to do that. Likely, there wasn't anything there, but what if there was? A person, an alien, a swamp thing, a dog man, a dude with a top hat that uncannily gets mentioned a lot on here? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll never know, and that's okay with me. Obviously, I survived the night, and that feeling never came back on any of the following nights of din of my dinner and J routine. But holy smokes, it was so bizarre that I will never forget it. The end. Well, I'm happy this person decided to be a chicken liver because I think that we should always follow our gut instincts. And um, if something's telling you not to look at something, you probably shouldn't go looking for it. Exactly. It's like, it's like going through your boyfriend's messages. <laughs> that too, because you will always be disappointed. And, <laughs> and I also, I thought of the meme that you posted on our Instagram of, uh, and follow us at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And um, it was the, fa it was like the white family. And they're like, this, uh, this house had five murders in it. And then it's like family in a horror film. And it's all the, all the people moving oh, into yeah, the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is such an accurate portrayal of every single horror movie involving a white family. All it really the time. is. Uh, like, us white people just don't get it. Like, if we know that there was a murder, but we just think that we can change the house. We I think like we to can fix change people. <laughs> They're like a project for me. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. So What's your story? My next story is titled The Man, the Dog, and the Boy. So a little backstory. My wife and I were youth leaders at church that had a recreation building. When you walked into the building, it was a gymnasium, and at the back was a hallway that led to the bathrooms and a set of stairs that went up to the second floor. My wife and I would have Nerf wars with some of the youth and her siblings occasionally. We played one game, which was hide-and-seek in the dark with Nerf guns. That sounds so fucking fun, may I add? Um, I have three encounters to share. Really fun. So fun. So anyway, the first time I was hiding down the hallway next to one of the bathrooms and I was facing the stairs. A little bit of light was coming through a window upstairs, but otherwise it was dark. As I was sitting there hiding, I saw a six foot tall person who I thought was my friend look out of the bathroom at me. I didn't think too much of it until I heard his voice out in the gymnasium. So this was not his friend. Weird. Okay. The other times were on the same day. Again, I was hiding down the hallway because everyone else was spooked because of what happened last time. Well, I saw my wife, her siblings, and another friend come down the stairs and go into the gymnasium. Right behind them came a dog. Only problem was there wasn't a dog in the building. Um, it looked like a sick and tired greyhound. It looked out into the gymnasium at everyone and then looked at me. Right after it did, it disappeared and everything went black and cold. I could still hear, but I couldn't see. I tried to stay calm, and it eventually got to where I could see the light from the window. Later, as I was still recovering from what happened and still hiding in the hallway, I heard a knock on the wall, and then a kid appeared half in and half out of the wall. He looked at me, and then it went dark. At the same time, my wife screamed, and I noped it out, <laughs> out there in the direction <laughs> I thought the light switch was. 
My wife told me later she heard the knock and went to investigate because she thought it was me. When she went over there, she heard a growl from the wall. Needless to say, that was the last time we played Nerf there. The end. Oh, gosh. So where exactly were they? An old gymnasium? They were in... So um, a lot of, like, bigger churches, they have recreation buildings so that they're people like their members can go and there's like basketball courts and like different like pool gotcha. or okay yeah so uh and they were a part of a youth leadership at their church so this was kind of like i guess a way for all the kids to play and stuff so this was one of the activities they did and um yeah a ghost child a ghost man and a ghost dog holy shit yeah but i don't i don't like the growling noise especially when it's something church affiliated yeah, the growling noise coming from inside a wall at a church is terrifying to me. Yeah, there's uh, definitely not some holy stuff going on in those walls, because, um, yeah, I don't like that. Um, I mean, because normally, if I see a dog, I'm just going to want to go pet it, but this dog, I'm not I'm not too sure if I want to pet this dog. This dog doesn't seem too nice. Yeah. But yeah. No, I'd stay away. Yeah. Imagine going to pet the dog and then there's nothing there. I'm going to pet the dog and then it like goes to leap to like bite you and then it just disappears. <gasps> Stop. That yeah. would send me. Mm-mm. I'd still love dogs more than humans still, but like, you know, it definitely <laughs> would make me more hesitant on just trying to pet a random dog. Yeah. All right, Lily, what's your next story? All right. This one is called Just My Ghost Story with an exclamation point. While I am unable to sleep since working the graveyard shift has ruined any normalcy in my life when it comes to sleeping during the night, I wanted to share my story. Well, my very scary story, but it's real. I will try and write everything that I remember from that night and anything I can't tell if it was real or not. Well, I'll leave it out. Oh, okay. And if I can't tell if it was real or not, well, I'll leave it out. And if y'all have any questions, I'll try my best to answer. This takes place back in the late 90s when I was about 11 or 12, but I really want to say 11. I was living in a four-bedroom house with my mom and her boyfriend, who's now her husband, and my grandparents and little brother, who was one at the time. I remember my room was right across from the master bedroom, which was occupied by my mom and her boyfriend. I was a scared little kid. Anything and everything scared me. And I remember this hot summer night, I was sitting in bed having the weirdest feeling that the light bulb on the ceiling was going to give out. And being the scared little kid that I was, I didn't want to be left in the dark. Indeed, the bulb flickered and my room went dark with just the TV illuminating the room. Ooh, spooky. Mm. I remember leaping as far away as I could um, from the bed because... I had a fear that something underneath my bed would grab my feet. In the hallway, we had a small space where a vacuum fit and it was stored. And right above that door was another small space where my grandmother kept some cleaning supplies, including some spare light bulbs. Once out of my room, I was in the hallway turning the light on so I could walk down to the supply cabinet with the safety of the light. I was short for my age, and even though I was unable to see the spare light bulbs, I was able to reach my arm above and feel around in search of one. All of a sudden, I hear my grandfather in the living room, our one-story house, uh, the living room was just at the end of the hallway. He called out my name and said, come here, I want to show you something. I I was in such a relief that I was not alone, and he would help me with my current darkness situation. 
come here, his voice repeated as I finally got a hold of the spare bulb. I took a step forward when I felt this energy sort of stop me in my tracks, and I came to the realization that my grandparents were not home. Mm. They were in Mexico visiting my aunt and had stayed behind an extra week with my brother while me and my mom came home early from our vacation in Mexico. I am unsure how this thing disguising itself as my grandfather knew that I was aware that this couldn't possibly be him. It began to laugh first. It was my grandfather's laugh. And then it slowly turned into this sinister laugh that I swear was not possible it was human. The laugh got louder and I was finally able to unfreeze my body and I ran to my mom's room and banged and banged on her door when I finally remembered to place my hand on the doorknob and turn it. I was shaking and I was crying and I couldn't tell her what I heard because I was afraid she would dismiss me or worse, make me face my fear and have me walk to the living room to check it out. It's been years now and that was my first time and since then, my last since I heard it. Other minor things have happened in that house, but this one was by far the worst. The end. Wow. So that was the typical, well, not so typical, doppelganger experience. Um, Yeah. But this I found interesting because, like we previously talked about, we either see a doppelganger, like we physically see them, but we don't hear them, they don't speak. Yes. Or they speak, but you can't see them. So it's interesting to see that this person not only saw the grandfather figure, but also heard him in the voice of the grandfather and then transitioned into like a sinister thing. So, it's like every movie villain laugh how they start like ha 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 and then they just start going. Okay, that freaked me out what you just did. You had the face and everything. <laughs> that was a spot on impression, Lily. I have to be a little cautious I, I of you. I as a movie villain. But, Ask me, everyone. But yeah, I think it's um that's a really interesting story and uh, I wonder what why? I mean, I guess the grandfather, because, you know, you trust grandparents. They're usually loving and innocent, like we always talk about on mm-hmm. the show. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. That just proves our point that doppelgangers are not good. Not yeah. a good sign. Yeah. All right. So my next story is titled Paranormal Experiences from a Past House. When I was 12, my family rented a house where we all had some odd experiences. My younger brother was three at the time, and he would wake up crying almost every single night talking about a man coming out of his closet. He explained it the best um, that a three-year-old could. An old man would open his closet door and look at him, slowly walk across the room to the window, and then climb out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He He would shut the window and then stand outside by a tree and continue staring at him for the rest of the night. Eventually, he did not cry and wake up my parents anymore. He said the man would still be there every night, but he was okay with it. (laughs) That is so (laughs) funny to me. Like, could you just picture an old man, spirit, just coming out of the closet like, look, I'm not a pedophile. This is just a part of my job. I'm sorry. You know, I'm just going to leave your room. I still got to look at you. I still got to freak you out. (laughs) But I'm just going to go sit over by that tree, okay? Just don't don't worry. Don't ask questions, okay? (laughs) I won't say anything if you don't. Uh, other things that were strange besides the water and the toilet in my bathroom was hot and I had a walk-in closet that was dead bolted from the outside dot 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 and my well how would you know that your toilet water was hot uh, you know what whatever I'm not even okay whatever 
<laughs> Live your truth. All right. In my parents' room, there was a crawl space in the closet that had a small square door that led to a room over the garage. It was completely pitch black in there. We tried shining multiple flashlights, but you can never figure out what, if anything, was in there. You could tell it was a huge room and you could hear echoes, but there was no way for any light to enter it. It's hard to explain. A few weeks after discovering the door to this room, my mom was putting away something in the closet and noticed two small black handprints on the wall next to the door. They were almost perfectly shaped like they were painted on and looked like ash, like they could be easily wiped off, but they weren't. They were stained on the wall and only came off with a magic eraser. The handprints definitely weren't there the first time we looked at the door, and they were way too small to be mine, but too big to be my younger brother's. There was a really long path to some woods behind the house, and I remember getting a weird feeling when I was back there. My parents said there was one spot in the living room that was always cold, and it smelled like someone was smoking a cigarette right next to them. We only stayed there for a year and ended up moving to a different house in the same town, but it was a weird experience the entire time we lived there. The end. Those handprints are a hell no. Mm-mm. Yeah, especially child handprints that are hard to no, get thank off. You. But this just proves, this is like product placement for the fucking magic eraser. Because that will get off anything. (laughs) That magic eraser does wonders. I'm a homeowner, guys. Um, I'm trying to adult. And I've learned recently during quarantine that the magic eraser really does take off, like, anything you need. It really does. It's it's magic. I use them. I use them on my feelers. Do you really? Yes, my magic eraser might feel us. That's amazing. I'm talking about like scrubbing like rust off of my oven. You're like, yeah, I use them on my shoes. I mean, if it works, I use it works. Them on my shoes, I use them on. I have, I have like molding on the side of my wall, and when we were moving our furniture, and there were like some scuff marks. Uh huh. It took that shit right off. So good. So like magic eraser. Fucking sponsor us. We just sponsor promoted us, the Mr. shit Clean. out of you. Yeah, Mr. Clean. Oh, that's the is that that's the hot guy, right? The bald guy. <laughs> yes. He's okay for a cartoon character. He's pretty hot. All right, we're uh, okay. I'm. We're not just sitting here and ignoring that fact. Okay. He's an <laughs> attractive think, man. You know what? That's gonna be. I'm gonna post a Twitter poll tonight, or not a Twitter poll. Actually, yeah, I'll do a Twitter poll. Is Mr. Clean hot? I think we should put and, it on the Facebook private group too, because I need to. I need answers. I need people to be honest. All right, and just let me know. Okay. Who is your? Oh, if you had to choose a cartoon crush, Lily, who would you choose? Even from oh childhood. God. Oh God! Well, a girl I knew had a crush on Ben Ten once. Okay. Probably, but now we're old, so it's weird. Yeah. No, so I'm, you can't I'm, say. It, but like, I had a crush on Danny Phantom. Oh my God! Fucking same. I thought he was so cute, and I like I like Danny I was Phantom. In love with what was his was his real name? What was his last name? Who? Danny Phantom. Was his last name Phantom already, or was I, it just when he was going I just, ghost? I just knew him as Danny Phantom. I didn't. I just thought Phantom was a cool last name, so I would I wouldn't mind changing my name legally to Phantom. Right, Lil, Lily Phantom. Oh, that's cute. I ship it. I ship Lily Bell more, though, personally. Lily Bell. Drake <laughs> Bell is the love of my life. Oh, and then I used to have a crush on Chip Skylark, my shiny teeth in me. Are you kidding me? A guy with a when crazy smile. Uh, okay, so Danny Phantom's last name um, was Danny Fenton. Fenton? Okay. And when he became the superhero, the superhero's name is Danny Phantom. Okay. 
I, you're kind of bringing up memories now that I sort of remember, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. Yeah. Yo, Danny Phantom, he was just 14 when his parents built the very strange machine. <laughs> oh, you remember the theme song, too? Good for I only remember that's all I remember. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't even have done that. So yeah, let us know if you think Mr. Clean is hot. And also let us know your childhood cartoon crushes. Or if you have a current cartoon crush right now, we don't judge. Just make sure they're age nope. appropriate. Exactly. Alright, Lily, what's your next story? Sorry, singing a sip of my water. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> um My family house is haunted with like a whole family of ghosts. Hello, I keep finding out more information about my great uncle's house, um, and the more I think about it, something is clearly happening here. I have never been able, I have never been a true, real believer. I don't know why I said able. That word isn't even anywhere on the page. (laughs) I have never been a true believer in ghosts. I try to find a logical reasoning behind stuff, and no matter how hard I think about it, I can't come up with reasons why the house is haunted. My family has owned the house for around four or five generations. I believe it belonged to my great grandmother when she and when she died, uh, she gave it to the least competent son, my great uncle. <laughs> oh my god! The ghosts have been there since the beginning as well. Apparently, the land was owned by an indigenous family in the 1800s. I find a description of the house would best serve the story. It's in the middle of the woods, and about 20 feet away from the house is the highway, nestled at the base of a hill. It's about, it, it's a two-storied house, including a basement. Sorry, I can't read today. It's rather big, but there's a huge shed and a blueberry garden behind it. The neighbors are about a five-minute drive away on both sides. My grandma, I love her to bits, but she never believes a thing but I never believe a thing she says. She told me that by 2010, California would be completely submerged, and also the fact that Jay-Z is a time traveler, for example. (laughs) My mom brushes it off, but she doesn't brush off the paranormal things Grammy talks about. According to my grandma, the house has always been haunted since she was little, and great-grandma said there was a murder in the house. My grandmother contacted a medium once to visit the house, And she told my mother and grandmother that she talked to a ghost named John who dresses in traditional indigenous clothing, who murdered his brother with an axe on the hill across the street out of jealousy for marrying the girl he liked. Ghost antics ensued after that. But now that I've compiled some of the evidence together, the puzzle pieces are falling together. John haunts the first floor. He's obsessed with technology. He is known to drain batteries, and one time, when everyone was accounted for at a family dinner, the sink turned on. My mom went and turned it off. He makes creaking noises in the house and can be heard at night. He's only been seen or heard on the first floor. He really likes the bathroom, and Grant's shocking. Um, And Grandma says they didn't have any plumbing beforehand. Although... Every girl in the family, including me, has had an experience with a man in a long jacket and a fedora upstairs. Of course. I was little, playing upstairs in the spare bedroom with my cousin, and I turned to look outside because I had this feeling of being watched, and there was this man hovering outside, like if he was being held up by strings. He looked at me dead in the eyes. If I could describe it, even if I cannot remember his face, um... 
he looked like a hanged man, but without the noose. Sunken, Ooh. hallowed. I always thought it was a dream, but that is impossible. I asked my cousin, and she doesn't seem to remember and thought I was crazy. But my mom, out of the blue, told me about how when she was little, she was playing with her cousin and saw a ghost upstairs. I asked her if he was wearing a fedora, and she concernedly said yes. Ah! Oh, you must have saw him too, she said nonchalantly. I've had a fear of looking out of windows during nighttime or in that house ever since because I'm concerned something will look back. Okay, theme for today is windows. <laughs> this episode brought to you by windows. Windows. And magic erasers. <laughs> when my second cousin was like three or four, she asked my mom who lived in the house. Um, my mom lives off my great, lists off my great grandma, my two uncles, and an aunt. What about the man upstairs, she replied, and my mom was just as shocked to hear that she wasn't the only one to see him, as was I. Grandma has seen him, too, when she was little, but the details of that story are vague. My uncle never does anything except look at his bikini beach babe calendar, which was always <laughs> set to April, no matter what month it was, <laughs> and watching golf. Oh my God. April, what um, is the month where all the sexy people are born? <laughs> I was about to say, he was just celebrating your birth month, Rebecca. <laughs> um, his drinking buddy, a family friend, once was dressed up for Halloween and looked like the fedora man. And he yelled at him to get the hell out, you dirty ghosts. <laughs> There's many more stories I probably am omitting, but he has only appeared for young girls and my uncle since he primarily lives there and sleeps upstairs. But recently, my mom a couple days ago told me that there's another ghost in the house. She told me that my great uncle had a nightmare once where he was in bed and a man was shaking him to wake up. He had no head. He was hollering and screaming, get up, get up, my uncle's name. I think I found my head. I think I found my head. I can't even understand what my uncle says because of his mumble talk, but apparently he was freaked out when he told my mom. As far as I know, there's something ominous attached to that house. My, when my uncle got sent to a nursing home, the house was filled with activity as they were all alone. Now an Anne and her husband live there occasionally since they have another house a couple hours drive away and they don't, didn't want it to be sold out of the family. My aunt and her sisters, including my grandma, uh, have taken an oath to tell the husband the house activity is just the bug trap buzzing. <laughs> My grandma tells me the best way to fight the ghosts is to remind them they don't pay the rent, this ain't their place, etc. But I am not scared of the fedora man or the decapitated man. What I am rather feel fearful of is John. I believe that John also cut the head off of the other guy, but I am not too sure. I asked my grandma if we could bring in a professional or try to talk to the ghosts, but whenever I mention it, she gets rather freaked out and says that the ghosts will follow me home. There's at least three ghosts in there, all male and one female, or John and Drag, if you ask my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> my sister was the only one to see her, and when we were leaving, she saw an old-timely dress upstairs watching us leave. I asked my sister what was wrong, and she went bright pale and was mumbling about seeing a dress, and I turned back and saw nothing. I think it's the fedora guy's wife and John's sister-in-law. Ooh, we have a whole plot going. <laughs> It's certainly likely I will be visiting this house during the summer to pick blueberries, but last time I went straight up there and screamed, there are no ghosts here to my sister to comfort her, which, fo which was followed by a big 
thunk of a window sliding open. I have a lot more stories about that house. If I were to compile everything my family has told me, it would be too long. And since my mom held out on telling me about the decapitated man, who knows how many more stories are out there. I'm sure someone can pick this apart, but for now, I just sit here and ponder why there are so many people attached to that house. The end. Well, that last story of saying that there was nothing in the house and then there was a thought in the window was literally the spirit being like, bitch, you thought, I'm here. <laughs> Don't talk exactly. shit. Exactly. But, um, yeah, that, story, that family needs its own reality show on A&E or Travel Channel. Uh, because yeah. they have... First of all, the family just seems awesome. Like, just fucking crazy and, like, fun. I was about to say, like, this family, like, reminds me kind of of my family in that it's, like, dysfunctional. You've got, like, my like my grandmothers aren't crazy, but, like, they're characters. I, exactly. And you know what? And But th- this family has ghosts. So it just adds to the plot. True. The plot thickens. So I, I can't even... It would take forever to, like, break down every single experience they've had. And they didn't even write down every single experience. And that doesn't even include the other experiences that the mom maybe had that hasn't told them because she doesn't feel comfortable. Do you think it's just one spirit or do you think it's a bunch? That's a lot. Oh, sorry. No, I think think it's a bunch of spirits. I mean, it could be one shape-shifting spirit, but, like, I feel like if it was a shape-shifting spirit, it wouldn't be as consistent. Yeah. I agree. You know? And I feel like that's just more rare. So I think it's multiple because, I mean, that it's an old house. It goes back for generations. There's a lot of activity there. Like, the grandma said there was a murder there, apparently. But the grandma also did say there was that Jay-Z was a tra- time traveler. So, mm, You I never mean, know. You never, you never know. You never know, guys. All right. <clears throat> I'm about to burp. I held it <laughs> in. I was being classy, guys. All right. My next story is titled, always stay classy and always have a magic eraser by your side. Um, My next story is titled, A Bedside Visitor. This isn't nearly as scary as other stories I've read, but it happened to me, so I thought I'd share. One night, I woke up around 3 a.m. or so, and because I had a busy day ahead, I started to work out what I would do upon waking, waking up. I was conscious enough to know that I was no longer sleeping, deciding it was time to go back to bed. I shuffled around and got comfy. As I was about to drift off, I could feel weight shift onto the bed at the end by my feet, almost as if mm. someone was sitting there. Now, my house has three dogs and two cats. Knowing this, I thought it was one of them, but this night I had locked and closed my door, so there was no way anyone or any of the pets got into my room. I could also feel someone or something staring at me as it sat by my feet. I was terrified and laid as still as I could. Then the weight lifted up. I threw my blanket off to look around and found absolutely nothing there. No shadows, no figures, nothing. I screamed for everyone in my house and couldn't sleep in my room for a couple days afterwards. Before this happened, I always felt as though someone or someone was in that room. And after this experience, I knew. The end. Ooh. So here are a few things that get me. I don't believe it was sleep paralysis mm-hmm. because I do believe that he was fully aware and he was moving around and stuff. Yeah. Um, this happened at 3 a.m., which is like the witching hour. Yeah. So a lot of activity heightens around 3 a.m., so this makes sense. Couldn't be any of the pets because they were locked out. And The door was locked, yeah. The fact that this person has always felt there was something in this room 
but never had an experience or evidence to back it up, this was their evidence. That was following their gut of feeling like there was something there, and it mm-hmm. actually happened. So, Always follow your gut, mm-hmm. because the truth comes out. Yeah. So I, If there I, is anything I have learned from Dateline, it is that the truth comes out. 1,000%. I like that, Lily. I like that. That is something you always learn in Dateline. I didn't even, and I watch Dateline like almost every day. <laughs> we were just talking about this before we recorded, but anyway. Yeah, um, we were talking about this before. This isn't random. We like sharing uh, murder stories with each other. You know, <laughs> <laughs> instead of just ghoulie things, we're just gonna have a murder podcast called just what just murder things or just what would we? Well, if we had a murder podcast, what would we call it? Nice to meet you. Nice like <laughs> stabbing people to death. I like that. I was trying to play off like the just ghoulie things. Um, but nice to meet you. I like that. Do you guys like um, that? Killer, uh, ki- uh, ki- uh, ki- kill the noise. Kill the noise is a DJ. No. Um, <laughs> well, if you guys uh, have any ideas for uh, a podcast for true crime, uh, if Lily and I were to host it, email us at just ghoulie things podcast at gmail.com. Lily, you're the one that comes up with these names, so you have to pull through. Just um, stabby thing. I can only think of stabbing because that's the episode of Dateline I was watching before we recorded. <laughs> All right, Lily. At the end of this episode, you have to come up with a couple of possible true crime podcast titles for our true crime podcast that isn't happening. But that's what you have to end with. So no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Okay, I'll, I'll 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 let it marinate a little. Yes. All right. What's your next story? Okay. The shadowy figure I saw multiple times. I am a 14-year-old female, and I love horror stories and movies, anything that is about horror, and I don't get scared easily. So about two years ago, I was laying on the carpet in my parents' room. There was no electricity in my town, and we decided to go there to my parents room and I saw this black figure at the fridge we have a hallway that points to the kitchen from my parents room so you can see the kitchen from their room the figure looked like a short man that was big and I thought I was hallucinating that makes no sense a short man that was big oh I guess like big like that he was thick he was fluffy he was chunky Chunky. he was stocky chunky yunky yunky um (laughs) This is what happens when we record after dark. Literally. I just go crazy. Um, anyways, a short man, uh, that was big, and I thought it was I was hallucinating, so I ignored it. But the thing was, you would see if someone was standing there. A couple of months later, after um, I got out of the shower and entered my... After showering, I got out of the shower and entered my room. Uh, I was getting ready for school, and then I heard loud breathing. It sounded like someone was breathing heavily, like when you breathe and you are angry or tired. And I don't breathe heavily unless I am tired. A quick disclaimer. I was the only one in the room, and I heard it through the curtains. They're see-through. Last year, 2019, in October or November, I woke up in the middle of the night to see a shadowy figure at my door. The electricity was off again, and there was no light in my room at all, but there was light from the candle in the hallway, so you could see if someone was standing there just to make sure that I wasn't hallucinating again. I closed my eyes and opened them about three times, and every time I saw the shadowy figure, I knew that there was someone or something there, and I started crying and praying. 
I'm just a 14-year-old girl. I don't want to die. I don't even... I didn't even move at all, even though I wanted to take my phone from under my pillow. I was very scared. I still am. And I don't get easily scared by this kind of stuff. There was a fan in the hallway, and there was a towel at my door. And I know that fans don't make shadows that look like people, nor does a towel on the door. The next day, my parents, I told my parents, and we got holy water, and we sprinkled it around the house and also did salt. Good. Uh, does anyone have any explanation for this? This is not a Joker prank. The end. Oh, I feel so bad. I mean, being I know, this 14 poor little girl sucks is so as it lost. is. Like, first of all, you're already in quarantine when you're 14 years old. I knew if I was in quarantine at 14 years old, I would be so pissed and lost and confused. And now, yeah. you know, not only is she dealing with, you know, external stuff, but now this is happening in her own home where she's seeing something that she knows shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. It's menacing, you know, it's not making her feel any safer. I would say nope. if the holy water doesn't work, if the salt doesn't work, sage. You know, ask your parents to find sage, go somewhere that you can purchase sage and do that. Absolutely. And if, um, if you know, if her family belongs to some sort of religious, I'm assuming since they use holy water, maybe they're Christian or Catholic. Yeah. Uh, some prayers, but... um. It's just, you know, all about being vocal. And if you're living with somebody, or even if you're not, you know, talk to a family member, talk to a friend. You're never actually alone. And you're not the only one that has these spooky experiences. There are so many people out there. And that's why I love, like, these subreddits, because everyone can express their experiences. And we do, I feel like, sometimes have stories that are so repetitive. But I do think that while it can be annoying to some, saying it's like, oh, it's like the same story over and over, it's everyone has their own individual stories. But that just also is a good thing because it validates that these things are more than just coincidental. It's a yeah. pattern. It happens. It's, you know, it's, it's a real thing. So, Lily, what is your take on the story? Well, that was so well said. I don't even know. That was so inspirational, Rebecca. Um, um, my take is that there must be something attached to this person because they okay. keep seeing it. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like either of her parents have had experiences yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, never say never. So who knows? Yeah, I didn't even think of it being attached to just the person. Mm hmm. That's just the vibe I get. I don't know. No, that makes complete sense, though. Yeah. All right. My next story is titled My Most Terrifying Encounter. First and foremost, I know how crazy this story sounds, but I promise that it is absolutely true. This was about two years ago. It happened over three days. Also, a dear friend of mine had made me a protection bracelet prior to all this happening. Even though I don't seek them out, spirits have always been drawn to me. During this time, I was struggling with my purpose and I've been spending a lot of time in prayer. I would ask God what I should do with my gifts and talents. So day one, one night while I was saying my evening prayers, I heard a deep, rough-sounding voice say in my ear, I can give you power. A chill ran down my spine and all my hair stood on end. I continued to pray, though. The same prayer, but also for protection. The room felt very heavy and cold. The voice said it again and much louder. I immediately responded with, No, you are not welcome here. It laughed, but backed away. The feeling in the room lifted a bit, but it wasn't alone. Or it wasn't done. So it seems like this spirit may be with more than, it's more than just one thing, and it's not done with trying to get her to, in my opinion, go to the dark side. Yeah, I agree. 
Okay, so day two. The next day, I put on the bracelet that my friend had made for me. I kept seeing shadows moving in the corner of my eye. That night, I couldn't sleep. I felt very uneasy. As I was laying in my bed, I saw a huge shadow move across the ceiling right in front of my eyes. I felt something prick my skin. My prediction, my predict. Oh my god, I can't even talk. My protection bracket had snapped. <laughs> Beads went everywhere, and the metal looked like it had been burned. I started to pray again. As I prayed, I heard other voices telling me to keep praying. They would say their names, and they kept telling me to keep praying. I stayed up the rest of the night. Wow. So this, there is something so dark there that it was able to break off a bracelet and make the metal smell like it was burned off. But that's that's strength right there. But that protection also was attached with other good spirits that seemed to try to encourage this person to, you know, keep persevering and to keep positive and just pray. So it's a good thing that she had that bracelet. Um, Day three, I got up and prayed around my house. Things started to die down, but I was shaking and crying with fear. I called my friend and she came over as soon as she could. It made itself known to her as well. She called on the name of the Lord, was able to drive it out, and thankfully it hasn't returned. I gave her the broken bracelet so she could see it and maybe fix it. She agreed that it looked scorched and took it back with her. She said it was a demon. I consider Mm -hmm. myself lucky and blessed to have her as a friend and to have made it through this event unscathed. The end. Wow. Yeah, I could easily see this being a demon. thousand percent. I couldn't think anything else. Yeah, especially, I mean, you're right, the strength and power that it must have had in the way that it broke that bracelet and the fact that only prayer could really drive it away and the laughing and everything is just demonic to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hmm. Imagine imagine that being your life. Like, imagine actually having these experiences instead of just reading them. Like, that would be terrifying. It, that's so true because we, we read these situations and we are so quick to say what we would do or advice or, but you don't know what you're going to do I mean it's literally a fight or flight survival mode sort of feeling you must get when you're dealing mm-hmm. with something that you can't see or that there is no scientific explanation that or there is no cure to it or there is no real there's no real answers I can only imagine how scary that is to have a demonic experience like that. But it, I'm glad that it looks to be over. So, yeah. fingers crossed it keeps that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that this person found a way that works for them, too, to kind of calm themselves down and everything. Yeah. So, that's good. Definitely. All right. My last story. My last one, right? Yep. Yeah. It says, heartwarming. Our pets still love us when they're gone. So I, I picked another. I rearranged these so I would end on, like, a sappy note again. <laughs> so um, my parents' first, quote, baby was a dog named Hobbit. They Hobbit. weren't looking to adopt a pet, but they were walking by a pet store in a mall when this puppy ran out to them, snuggled up to them, and wouldn't let go. My parents, who were just dating and had recently moved in together at the time, called up their landlord and got permission to take him home right then and there. They described Hobbit as an old soul. He always knew what was going on. He was my number one babysitter as a kid. When we went on vacation and boarded him at the vets, they would let him walk around free and he would try and comfort the scared dogs and cats. Oh my God, Hobbit! (laughs) Hobbit! He was a very good boy, the very best. When he was 13, we made the hard decision of putting him down. My mom would dream of him often, especially during hard and stressful times. 
there was always a bridge, wooden, not rainbow, and an open field, and he'd just be sitting there happy, young, and healthy. When my grandfather was hospitalized, it wasn't looking good, but the, doctor, the doctors were hopeful. There was a chance he'd come home. We were preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. My mom dreamt of Hobbit in the open field near a wooden bridge. He ran up to my mom, let her pet him for a bit, then ran across the bridge. On the other side was my grandfather, standing up straight, wearing his favorite hat and smoking his pipe. Oh. Um, my mom woke up to the ringing. It was the hospital saying my grandfather had passed in his sleep. Aww. She likes to think Hobbit came down to lead my grandfather on and gave her one last time to say goodbye. The end. Who's crying in the club? I uh. know, right? Oh my god, I fucking would protect Hobbit from everything and anything. Oh my Me god, too. protect Hobbit in the afterlife at all costs. Yeah, if oh. the afterlife is listening, everyone go check on Hobbit real quick. Oh my god, Hobbit, I love you, and I don't even know what you look like. I have a feeling you probably are one of those really small, like, rat-looking dogs, but I just want you to be protected at all costs anyway. <laughs> that's it I love those stories I hate them because I don't like showing emotion but they're yeah. so sweet yeah I'm part German so I really don't like to feel <laughs> but if it's on my terms it's okay yeah exactly like stories about pets and military coming home videos will fucking lose it Dog, wherever dogs reacting to their owners coming home because they don't know like where they were Oh, my God. That is, like, the worst. The best and the worst. It's hard. Like, your heart is just like, oh, they were so confused for so long. They almost forgot who you were and then remembered <laughs> and got so excited. Oh, my All God. All right. Okay. What's your last story? All right. So, um, I forgot about, like, us trying to be positive at the end of these things. So, um... <laughs> I didn't read this one fully, but I, I just think this will freak you guys out. So, oh, sorry, I guess. Okay. This is titled, <laughs> My Roommate's Best Friend Was Watching Her. Hi. Um, I don't know how this works, but I figured I'd throw my story out there for anyone who's interested. Believe it or not, this is a 100% true story. This is the tale of my roommate's best friend watching her. So, Ooh. when I transferred to a four-year college, I met my roommate. Let's call her Kyla. We had a chance to talk over the internet a bit and pair up as roommates ahead of time so we weren't stuck with a complete stranger. Though we were close, Kyla and I led very different lives while at school. I joined Greek life and was an arts major. She studied psych and did ballroom dance. Needless to say, we had our own friends, but we would always come home and share stories of our day and invite our friends to hang in the dorm. One of the people Kyla grew close with was a guy named Hank. He, they had met in ballroom dance class, and he started hanging around occasionally at the dorm. I didn't mind. He was polite and sweet and seemed to be a good friend for her. I came home on a couple different occasions to find them cuddling on her bed, only to have them jump up and pretend like nothing was happening. It was, <laughs> it was super PG anyway, so I don't know why they were worried about it, but whatever. I teased, Classic. <laughs> really, it really is. I teased Kyla about it, saying it was obvious they liked each other and urged her to go for it. She refused since they'd both recently gotten out of bad relationships and they didn't want to be each other's rebound. I joked more, but eventually relented. The last time I saw Hank was on my birthday that year. It was now October, still early in the school year, and we all went out to celebrate. Hank drove us since he didn't drink, and we honestly had a really good time. I remember joking with him as I rode shotgun on the way home, trying to talk Kyla up. He smiled and looked 
way embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Less than a week and a half later, I was sitting on my bed in our room, and Kyla came bursting through the door crying. I asked her what was wrong, and she told me that Hank was missing and no one could find him. His car was missing, too. I was nervous because Hank had some trouble after his previous breakup and had grown a bit pessimistic and was clearly battling some demons with emotions in life. He hid it well behind a smile. Oh, poor Hank. Hank. So, finding out that he was missing got me terrified that he'd hurt himself. I asked Kyla if she thought he would, but she replied no. Well, almost a week after he went missing, they found his body. He had driven up to the hills and parked before hiking up and committed suicide by gunshot as he sat against a tree. I knew immediately the moment Kyla burst in that day sobbing and I saw her face. She really took it hard. Hank was her best friend and I did my best to console her and comfort her, trying to explain the mindset since I dealt with suicidal ideation myself. Previously, I wanted her to know that it wasn't her fault and his pain and actions weren't because she hadn't been a good friend. After all, he had been very quiet about his plans and didn't ask anyone for help that we know of. And ultimately, he seemed to be on set of his course and it wasn't her fault for not knowing. She finally admitted one day that she did indeed like him very much, but that it was painful not knowing if it ever would have worked out between them. But mostly, she didn't know how to say goodbye to her friend. Now, it's important to note that at this time, Kyla and I had both string lights hung up on our sides of the room, as well as remote LED candles that either had to turn on manually or with the remote. They weren't on a timer, and it had to be done by hand. That's where things started to get weird. I'd be sitting in the dorms doing homework, and Kyla would walk in, just getting home from class. As soon as she did, we'd look over, only to realize that the candles were on the on in the corner this happened all the time but only when she came home never when i was alone and not when she'd be gone for the weekend sometimes we'd come back from grabbing dinner together at the dining hall and kyla's string lights would be turned on when we walked in the room without a reasonable explanation onto how they turned on this became a normal occurrence and we both joked that it was hank welcoming her home how right we were I, so I thought this was going to be creepy because you hear best friend watching her. I'm thinking Jennifer's body. But uh, now I'm starting to think otherwise. This is starting to turn out a little better. So stay tuned, guys. <laughs> All right. I woke in the middle of the night one time and rolled over to check the time. It was almost 3.30 a.m. I grabbed over to get a sip of water, and that's when I saw him, a figure in the darkness standing between our beds, looking down at Kyla, watching her sleep. I couldn't see most of his face because he was in profile, turned about three-quarters away from me. He looked solid, not see-through and there was an air of calm. It was clear right away who it was, and in my half-sleep days, didn't find it weird to see him standing there. It wasn't creepy at all. It was like he was watching over her, peaceful and sweet. I thought nothing of it and just rolled over and went back to sleep. The next morning, we were both awake. I started off with my usual morning. I had another crazy dream. Want to hear it? This was typical for me, and the events from the night before felt like a dream at this point. I told her about my dream, and when I was done, she sat frozen in silence. What? I asked, confused. She usually just laughed and continued. I had a weird dream too, she said. She proceeded to explain that she awoke to what felt like someone laying behind her on her bed, like she was the little spoon and they were the big. She'd felt behind her with her hand and nothing, but she could feel the weight of them behind her and them touching her. This was the exact cuddle position I'd witnessed that time I walked in on her and Hank, and they jumped up to pretend like nothing happened. She said she looked at the time, and it was 3.32 a.m., only a couple minutes after I'd rolled over and gone back to sleep. Through the rest of the year and the next year when we roomed together again, our candles and lights would flick on to welcome her home, but we never actually saw him again. I still have those candles, and ever since I moved away from Kyla, they only ever turn on when I turn them on. 
They never greet me. And I asked Kyla if she's ever seen or felt him again since, and she hasn't since she graduated. Rest in peace, Hank. I hope you found peace. The end. It's like that scene in Ghost when they're making pottery. Yes! Yes! Yes, Lily, yes! Oh, my God! Okay, so I really thought this was going to be a creepy story, guys. Sorry, uh, but this was such a fucking nice story, and I'm so proud of myself! Yay, Rebecca! Oh, my God, that's such a nice story. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Oh. So, on that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 74. Thank you so much for you, Boo. Thanks for listening. Um, Lily, do you have anything to wrap up with? Uh, yeah, uh, Jay-Z is definitely a time traveler. That grandma was right. (laughs) Oh, and, um, did you come up with any names? Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, Stapple Pie. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. Stapple Pie. Um, nice to meet you, of course. Uh. Um, uh, dead I see on the, arrival. I see the smoke literally coming out of your ears right now. I know you're <laughs> thinking hard for these. You see the wheels turning yes. in my brain? This is, I'm trying to keep your brain stimulated while we're still in this quarantine. I'm doing it for you. You're doing a good job. All right. So let's start with the uh, social media, shall we? We shall. All right. Follow us on Instagram at. Just Holy Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Holy Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Holy Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Holy Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at Just Holy Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.